Thank you for tuning in to the Remodel Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and encourages your daily life. Hey, today I want to share a story with you guys. This guy was a pretty normal man. Nothing special about him at all. Um, He wasn't necessarily a bad man. Didn't necessarily have a bad heart. He had just made some bad choices. He had made some bad decisions throughout his life. Can anybody relate to that? Yeah? And um, he started out as a young boy just making a few bad choices, maybe running with the wrong crowd, maybe, maybe, maybe giving in a little bit too often and too much to peer pressure. Anybody ever done that? And he finds himself time after time in trouble. And every time, it was just a little bit worse than the time before that. You know, that's 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 what sin does. The Bible actually says that that whenever we return back into our sin, the Bible says that sin actually grabs a stronger hold of us. So if you ever don't don't answer me, this is a rhetorical question. But have you ever fallen into sin and then you thought, I'm going to get out of this and you get out of it for about a week, a a month, maybe a couple of months. But then you end up eventually finding yourself back in it. And this time you're a little bit deeper in than what you were last time. You're a little bit darker this time than what you were last time. You're a little bit um, uh, more habitual with it than what you were last time, a little bit more secretive than you were last time. It doesn't hurt you as much. It doesn't, you don't feel as, con- as convicted about it as much as you do did last time. That's what sin does. We fall into sin. We fall into temptation and it grabs a hold of us. And the very first time we ever do, you got that big time, nervous, nasty feeling in your gut. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I know I'm not the only one that's ever felt this. And then what happens is we get out of it and we say, I'm not going to go back to that life anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to, I'm going to live my life differently. And we do really great for a couple of days, for a couple of weeks, but then eventually we find ourselves back into it. And when we do, again, it's deeper in. It's more difficult. The first time we left it, it was a lot easier to kind of just walk away from it. But now that we've been doing, now that we've got, come and got back into it, it's even harder. It's more difficult. If you've ever struggled with any kind of addiction, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is kind of the way this man lived his life. Again, he wasn't a bad man. He didn't have an evil heart. He didn't have a bad heart. He had just kind of made a couple bad choices and then try to redirect and try to recorrect his life and, and live life a little bit better. And, but then for whatever reason, he chooses to go back into that lifestyle. And this time it's a little bit more difficult. It's a little bit, it's got a hold of him a little bit stronger. And then he, he finally is able to get away from it for a little bit longer and he's doing good. And, and then just something, you know, every now and then just something happens in life and sometimes whenever life happens we do things that we shouldn't do like go back into our sin go back into our habits instead of coming to Jesus True. and so this is what, that's what this man does is, is life hits him I don't know what it was but life hit him and it made him go back into it and again a little bit stronger and a little bit holder was a, tight, was a hold on him A little bit stronger and tighter was a hold on him, excuse me. 
And just after choice after choice, he finally lands up, lands in prison. And when he lands in prison, they give him the death penalty. And he finds himself on that day hanging on a cross right next to Jesus. And Jesus is laying there, or hanging there, excuse me, on that cross. And he's right next to his side. And there was another man. There was another man, but this man actually did have an evil heart. He had made bad choices, but it wasn't necessarily the peer pressure of others that led him there. It was actually he was the one who led others there. And as all three of these men are hanging, Jesus in the center, one of them starts mocking Jesus. Can you imagine? He's in the exact same situation as what Jesus is. And he starts mocking him. He says, if you're really the son of God, dude, why don't you just get down and then save us too? If you're really as powerful as what you say you are and as you claim to be, why don't you save yourself and, by the way, save me too? But this other man, the man that understood that he had made bad decisions, the, the man that regretted every bad decision that he ever made and that in, in that moment, if he could, he'd go back in time and re- erase all of those mistakes. He says, don't you understand? You see, he says, you and I, we deserve what we're getting right now. It was our mistakes. It was our choices. It, were our, it was our decisions that have led us here. We deserve this punishment. He says, but him, he's innocent. He did nothing to deserve this. He's innocent. He's done absolutely nothing wrong. Then he just, he looks at Jesus, he turns to Jesus and he, and he asks, and he just asks for this favor. He says, when you're in paradise, when you're in heaven, when you get to your kingdom, he understands Jesus is the son of God. He says, I just want you to remember me. Just remember me. Jesus turns to him and he says, surely I tell you today, you'll be in paradise with me. This is the first man, this thief, who wasn't a bad man, but just made bad choices. He was the very first one to understand grace. And when Jesus looked at this man and said, today you're going to be in paradise with me. What Jesus did is he took, he picked religion up and then flipped it upside down onto its head. Because up to that point, the only way we could ever be forgiven of our mistakes, of our decisions, of our sins was through sacrifice. We had to sacrifice something to be forgiven. This man had no time to give any type of sacrifice. This man had no time to walk into a church building and pray to God and ask for forgiveness. This man had no time to make things right. Every choice, every bad decision that he had made up to this point was still going to be lived out. But because he asked Jesus just one time, one simple favor, grace was extended to him. And every sin, every bad choice was wiped clean. Jesus picked religion up, flipped it, and threw it down to hell, man, is what he did with it. And I want you to do that in your life today. You see, I believe one of the greatest challenges 
that the, this church, the churches in our area faces is religion. Amen. I think a lot of us grew up with a bunch of religion and very little Jesus. I think there's been a lot of people hurt in our communities by religion. And today we're going to take a look at religion versus Christianity. What rules do versus what Jesus says and what Jesus does. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much this morning for your grace and for your love. We ask you, God, that your spirit would be right here in this place right now. Speak into our hearts and speak into our lives, God. Change us. Mold us. Help us to understand your grace and your love. Help us to understand your word. Help us to receive your word. But God, more than anything, help us to live your word out. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, amen. Find your Bible. Go to with me to Matthew chapter 20. We're going to read verses 1 through 16. This is the best scriptures that I believe complete that that explain the difference between Christianity and religion. Matthew chapter 20 verses 1 through 16. Matthew is the very first book in the New Testament. If you split your Bible in half, go to the right, you're running to Matthew. Matthew chapter 20 verses 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, that's important, highlight that. He had agreed with these workers for a denarius a day. That was pretty common. He sent them out into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour. So about three hours later, he goes and, and he sees others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give to you. That's important. So they went out. Again, he went out about the sixth hour. So three hours later and then the ninth hour, another three hours later and did likewise. And about the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing idle. And he said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, you will receive. That's so important. Highlight that. Whatever is right, you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his his steward, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. Let's just pause right there. We're going to pause after verse 8 right there. So what this man has done is he's gone out early in the morning and he hired a few hands is what he did. And he says, hey, you guys go work in my vineyard, go work in my field, and I'm going to give you a denarius. So whatever, whatever that was, let's just call it, let's just call it a hundred bucks. He says, that's what I'm going to pay you for your day's worth of work. And so they agree to this. They go out and they begin to work three hours later. He finds a couple other men. He says, why aren't you guys working? Well, we don't have anything to do. Well, go out there and you work. And I'm, he doesn't, this time he doesn't fill out any contract with them. He doesn't come with any agreement other than I'm just going to be, I'm going to be right with you. I'm going to do right by you. Whatever is right, that's what I'm going to pay you. So they go out and work. Three hours later, he goes back out, finds another couple of men, sends them out with the same promise. I'm just going to do what's right. Another three hours later, finds a few other men. And then with just one hour left in the day, finds a couple of men that have not done anything all day. And he says, you guys go work too. And whatever is right, 
That's so important. Whatever is right, I'll give to you. Now, in our minds, what we feel would be right is if the ones that started early in the morning, would you agree with me that they earned or deserve a little bit more money than those that started last? Amen. Yeah? Would we, is that not the way we would think anyways? If I started working early in the morning, 6 o'clock, whatever, and then somebody else comes along at stinking 6 o'clock in the evening, they better not get, get as much money as I do. Right? If they do. Anyways. <clears throat> and when those came who were hired about the 11th hour, they each received, what did they receive? A denarius. They received what was agreed on that the very first ones were going to get paid. Now, if, we're, if you're one of the very first ones that got hired that morning, and you see that the ones that got there last got paid what they had agreed were, that was going to be your payment, our minds start thinking, well, if they got paid that, then I'm going to get paid double. Yeah? Is that not the way our minds work? It's the way my mind works. But when the first came, they supposed, they thought that they would receive more. And they likewise received each a denarius. They got the exact same payments. The one that got there early in the morning and the ones that got there with just one hour left of daylight. Both got paid the same thing. Now listen, this is what they do. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner saying, These last men have worked only one hour. And you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day? They're saying, dude, we worked our tails off. They started working with only one hour left of daylight and it was nice and cool. We worked through the heat of the day and you're making them, they're getting paid the same as us? But he answered one of them and said, friend, am I doing you wrong? Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the perfect picture of Christianity versus religion. You see, according to these men, according to the ones that showed up first, then that thief on the cross, whenever he said, Jesus, please remember me whenever you enter into your kingdom, according to them, he doesn't deserve forgiveness because he hasn't been living the lifestyle long enough. You see, this is what, this is what it really boils down to. Religion is best spelt D-O, do. Religion is best spelled do. Religion says you have to do this and you have to abide by these rules and you have to go here and you have to pray this often and you have to go to church this often and you have to do all of these things to receive forgiveness. But Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E, done. When Jesus take, took his absolute last breath as he was on that cross, Jesus said these powerful words. He said, it is finished 
done. Religious religion says you have to do this. You have to look a certain way. You have to dress a certain way. You have to act a certain way. You have to talk a certain way. Religion says all of that has been paid for you. I mean, Christianity, excuse me, says all of that has been paid for you. Religion says do. Christianity says done. And some of us have worked so hard to earn grace and forgiveness. Some of us actually have just given up. Because we've just come to the conclusion that there's absolutely no way that I could ever do that. Yeah, we look at somebody else's life that's been living for Jesus, that's been, that's been serving Jesus, that, that have, that, that's just made of a fewer mistakes than what we have. And we just, we kind of set them up on this pedestal and we think that that is the way our life should look. And because we can't make our life look like that, we just give up. You ever been there? You ever just said, man, there's no way I'll ever be able to do that. There's no way my life could ever look like that. See, that's the spirit of religion. That's a mentality of religion. Of thinking the only way Jesus accepts me, the only way the church accepts me, the, way, the only way grace can be extended to me is if my life looks like theirs. And because it doesn't, there's, no, there's not even any point in trying anymore. Religion says, says do. Christianity says done. Religion says I'm better than you because I follow the rules better than you. Religion says, I'm better than you because I've followed, I have followed the rules better than what you have. Christianity says, I'm no better than anyone else because we all have sin. Because we all have sin. These men that started working early in the morning, they thought they deserved more. They thought they earned more. They thought they were better because I started before you did. And because I started before you did, that automatically makes me better. I've done a better job. I've done more work than what you have. So I'm better than you. And the church has looked down for so long at so many people because we think that we're better than you because we follow the rules better because we've done more things because we've been here longer. All of that's not true. Christianity, you know what Christianity says? Christianity says, for all have sinned. Everyone has sin. And religion, you know what religion does? Religion judges your sin because it looks differently than what my sin does. Most religious people, what they'll do is they'll point out other people's sin because they're ashamed or because they're not, not ashamed, that's the wrong word, because they're trying to hide their own sin. That's what religion does. Religion says, I follow the rules better than what you did, so that makes me better. Christians, true Christians, Christ followers understand none of us deserve this. We all have sin in our lives. We all have and done things and said things that we wish we wouldn't have. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short 
of the glory of God. In John chapter 9, the disciples are walking along with Jesus. And as they're walking through, they see this blind man who was born blind. You know what the disciples asked Jesus? They asked Jesus, hey, Jesus, why was this man born blind? Is it because of his sin or is it because of his parents' sin? See, they automatically assumed that because life wasn't going exactly the way they wanted it to go, because life wasn't perfect for him, then he, they just assumed that it meant that there was sin in their lives. They, they assumed that it, would, it was something that he had done. And Jesus says, it's not sin, but so that the power or the glory of God could be manifested in their lives. You see, what religion does is it places blame. It places blame and shame and guilt on people. Christianity extends grace, gives grace, places grace on people's lives. Religion will try to point out your flaws and make you feel terrible for it. That's what religious people will do, and that's what a mindset of religion will do. And that's why sometimes we don't come to church, not because we're afraid that other people are going to judge us, but because we're judging ourselves. Hello, it's just a lot easier to blame the pastor. That ain't my fault, y'all. But that's what we do. And that's what religion does, is it places blame on people. Places shame and guilt on people when Christianity does nothing but extend grace. Understands that you're forgiven. Understands that we have a Savior who took the cross so that He could say it is finished. So that He could forgive you. Because we have a Savior that took your guilt and shame that you feel. And He took it and put it on His shoulders. And He carried it up that hill. And He died on that cross. And He defeated the grave so that you would not be bound to religion but so that you could have grace. Religion says, I deserve more than you do because I've done better than what you, do, than what you have. Religion says, I deserve more because, you've, because I've done better. I've already hit on that, so we're going to keep going. Christianity says, I could never deserve this grace that has been given to me. See, that's what that was. Those, those young men who got there at the last hour, we all agree, right? They didn't deserve, they didn't earn that full day's worth of wages. Would you agree? They sat around in their boxers and ate Cheerios and watched friends all day until the last hour. Hey, y'all don't be looking at each other. <clears throat> Until the last hour of the day. And then they went out and worked and they, were, and they got a full day's worth of wages. It's not because they worked that hard. It's not because they earned it. It wasn't because they were so great. It wasn't because they were so smart. It was nothing but grace. It was because this man chose to be generous. He saw a need and he said, I can fulfill this need. And that's what every single one of us, whenever we accept the sacrifice of Jesus, that's what we get. It's not something that we deserve. It's not something that we have earned. It's nothing that we could ever deserve or ever earn. 
Because what we've done is we've sat around in our boxes, boxers, eating Cheerios and watching The Office. The Office is much better than The Friends. That is good. Yes, amen. We can never deserve it. We can never earn it. But still, Jesus did it. And that's what this is. That's what Christianity is. Understand, we can never earn it. We can never deserve it. It's been given to us. Religion excludes and hurts people. Religion excludes and hurts people. Christianity includes everyone. Everyone is welcome. Everyone can be a part of this. Religion says if you don't look a certain way, if you don't dress a certain way, if you don't act a certain way, if you don't fit into a certain uh, context of people or a certain people group, then you're excluded from, Christi- or from, from our religion. You're excluded from our grace and you're excluded from our group. If you've done this or if you've done this throughout your life, there's absolutely no way you can ever be a part of our group. That's what religion does. A few years ago, a, a lady shared with me how she had been hurt so bad by the church, by a church, because of some mistakes that her family made. The pastor, for whatever reason, chose to ask them to come up to the front, and he didn't pray for them. He didn't, he didn't hug them, and you know what he did? He, he, he put them at the front. She's a little girl. I mean, she's like five, six years old at this point. And the pastor says, because of what their mother has done, they're going to hell. Are you kidding me? You see, that's what religion does. Religion says, because you've done this, you're excluded. You're out. There's no way you can get in. And again, it's this mindset of religion that we have sometimes that keeps us away from the place that we need to be. We think, well, it's just too far out of reach. I might as well just keep on doing whatever I'm doing. Religion excludes. Christianity includes. Religion hurts people. There's been so many people hurt by religion. Hundreds of thousands of people have been killed in the name of religion. Christianity doesn't do that. You know what Christianity does? Christianity says that there's no greater love than a man would lay down his own life for a friend. So we don't exclude and we don't hurt people. We include. Religion judges those that are different. It means you look different than what I do. You know, we actually don't have to go too far back into history to, to really see this concept. All we have to go back is, is about half a century back when segregation was a big part of the U.S. And it said, because you look different than what I do. And this, these were Christian men and women. I mean, this is what's crazy, supposedly. So because you look differently than I do, you don't get to be a part of my group. That's what religion does. It judges you because your sin looks a little bit different than what mine does. 
it judges you because you've acted a little bit differently than what I have. Because you've gone to a few places than what I have. Because you've done a few things that I haven't done. So I'm going to judge you. And I'm going to put myself up on this pedestal like if I'm some great man. Some... That's what religion does. It judges others that are different from us. And Christianity invites everyone to join the journey. That's what this is. That's what Christianity is. Listen, Christianity isn't, isn't like we've arrived at this place of holiness and, and, of, of, and being sanctified. That's not what Christianity is. Christianity is a journey of following Jesus. And what Christianity does, what people that love Jesus do, is we invite everyone to join this journey. We invite everyone to come on. It doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect. We're not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to have sin in our life, and we're going to fall, and we're going to get back up, hopefully. But we invite others into this journey. We don't judge and exclude and, and kick other people out of our groups. Come on. What a bunch of mean girls out there. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. Oh, my gosh. Let's edit that out of the sermon. But that's what religion does. It excludes and it judges. You see, a lot of us, probably most of us, can relate to that man hanging on the cross next to Jesus. Our life has taken us places that we never thought we would have gone. And most of us, if we could go back 20 years, 30 years, 40 years in time, whatever it is, and live life back over, there's a lot of things that we would have done differently. There's probably a lot of words we wouldn't have said, a lot of places we wouldn't have gone, a lot of actions that we, wouldn't, that we wish we wouldn't have done. And life just happened every now and then and and we made some bad choices most of us can relate to that man the beauty is everything can be wiped clean right here right now the beauty is is the same jesus that said to that man today you're going to be with me in paradise it's the same jesus that can forgive all of your sins forgive all of your mistakes He paid the price already. Listen, if you don't get anything else out of today, listen to this. Reject religion. You're loved by God. God forgives you. God can change you. God can restore you. Reject the thoughts of religion. Quit thinking that people are going to judge you. Quit judging yourself. Quit giving in the shame and the guilt Jesus can forgive you. He can wipe all of that clean. This is the end of the message. For more information, go to www.theremodelchurch.com.